welcome to Singing Robots, a podcast where I talk about the phenomena that is the Vocaloid movement in music and pop culture. To begin with, I'd like to tell everyone exactly what Vocaloid is, who Hatsune Miku is, and maybe a little bit about the other characters. So, Vocaloid is a software, primarily used for music, created by Krypton Future Media. It's super similar to some sort of text-to-speech software, except you control the pitch and accent of the sounds you put together in the software to make the voice sing for you. These voices are usually attached to a mascot character. There's currently, like, over 90 official Vocaloid voices licensed by Krypton, and out of these, the most popular is definitely Hatsune Miku. Hatsune Miku was released in 2007, and remained relatively unpopular until what most fans of Vocaloid call the Melt Sensation. This was around 2008, when the now-famous musician Ryo released his song featuring Hatsune Miku. This song featured Hatsune Miku singing, not as the character of Hatsune Miku, but more of as an instrument for Ryo to tell his personal feelings through. Prior to this, most songs that use Vocaloid had mostly been focusing on Miku as a character, and less of what you could actually do with her voice. From here on, Miku exploded in popularity, and this song, Mel, inspired many people to pick up Vocaloid and use her, spawning a huge and vibrant culture around hearing the virtual pop star sing. Now for the second segment of this podcast, I'd like to talk about influential Vocaloid producers. On a note, why Vocaloid artists are called producers has to do with when Vocaloid and Miku were first becoming popular. It overlapped with fans of Idolmaster a lot, so anyone that makes music with Miku produces with her, so they're called a producer. The community aspect of Vocaloid is incredibly important, so I went to the public forum website Reddit to ask what the community thinks of the most influential Vocaloid producers. These are their responses. User Comparison Relative 93 says simply, definitely Wawaka. User Heartroll in a separate comment says, Wawaka, who would address issues like bullying that many people can relate to. Quite a few people besides these two replies mentioned Wawaka in their comments, but not as the main focus. Wawaka was incredibly influential at changing the Vocaloid landscape. He was one of the first producers to express frustration with his music, being seen as Miku and not his own. User slash Miku ED goes on to mention the producer Hachi, or as he's called now, Kenshi Yunezu, in their comment. During their early days of Vocaloid, the mainstream media and music critics looked down on Vocaloid music as sort of counterculture and even refused to recognize Miku as an artist. There was this idea that it was just an otaku thing and that, thing, and that things Vocaloids were made to sing were cringe and emo. Kenshi Unezu was one of the first Vocaloid producers to become a mainstream success, although he did eventually abandon the software and become a self-performing artist. But I believe the impact of his work paved the way for many mainstream acceptance of Vocaloid music as a genre in and of itself. Finally, a lot of people went on to mention Ryo, the creator of the Melt Phenomena, previously mentioned in segment 1. User Tokotane mentions Ryo Supercell. He was definitive of Vocaloid during the early days and inspired many future producers to join the scene. I didn't become a Vocaloid fan until far later, but even before then, I had some of his Vocaloid songs in my playlist. User Slyphia also mentions his impact when they say Rio's Melt really established this idea that music can be made on Vocaloid software. The popularity touched several heights and even inspired Hachi, or Kenshi Nezu, who's one of the biggest artists in Japan right now. Of the 30 replies received, 36 mentioned Wawaka in some way, 23 mentioned Hachi, and 20% mentioned Rio. Some of the other producers that were mentioned less often but still multiple times were Kairiki Bear, Crusher P, and Deco27, or Deco Nina, being mentioned two to three times each. For segment three, I'd like to talk about how Vocaloid has changed as far as the popular songs go. 
I'll be basing this on view count on YouTube and using the years 2014, 2019, and 2020 to note what songs were most popular. In 2014, the top 10 songs mostly leaned towards a small selection of producers. There were less producers then, uh, much less that were actually popular, with about 20% of the songs being produced by a single producer, Deco27. So most of the top 10 were... 20% of them were made by the same producer. In 2019, there's a move away from the homogenous sort of idea of a single producer, and we see a move toward a larger variety of music genres, as well as the inclusion of our first English producer to reach the top 10 with Crusher P and her song Echo. And fi finally, in 2022, with the new popularity of TikTok, music is easier shared and discovered than it ever was before. You see this with the breakout producers like Chinozo and Canaria shooting up to top 10, as well as the popularity spike of the mobile rhythm game Project Sekai, with 15% of the uh, songs in the top 30 being featured in that game. Vocaloid as a fandom is always changing just because it's a transformative property. It will always be relatively relevant. I can't wait to see what direction it heads in. Thank you for listening. This was Singing Robots. Remember to make sure to separate the producer from the Vocaloid.